challenge has been received. And the throw is good. Pops it up to Tony Woodcock. Here's his kick. And he's nailed it. And the All Blacks are the world champions for the second time. Bowden Barrett's got a heap of pace. He leads the charge. Go, Bowden! That's up to it! Kia ora e te whanau. welcome into a very special edition of the Breakdown World Cup preview show. We are less than a week away now until the start of Rugby World Cup 2023. Ricky Swanell, I've got Jeff Wilson and Mills Molina. We're going to run the rule over the pools and the teams, but firstly guys, Mills, this is the most open World Cup we've ever had? It has to be, right, Jeff? I mean... Two teams out of the four, like, you know, top, whatever, five it is, are going to go home, you know, after the quarterfinals. I mean, and you're looking at some of the other bolters as well. It's not so much bolters, but some, you know, like teams like Fiji and that is coming through. So much uncertainty, but hotly contested Rugby World Cup. We're going to see some upsets, but the upsets aren't going to be the business end of the tournament. All right, I, I think there's realistically, there's four clear contenders to win this world title, to be the world champions. Um, we've got a chance to see back to back. There's an opportunity to maybe see. Um, the All Blacks play France again in a World Cup, like every other World Cup we've ever been to. And there'll be great drama with that, not maybe just in the first game, maybe later on in the tournament. So when I look at this, there are some teams that are clearly on the up, have done wonderful things in the last four years. But I think in terms of contenders, ones that can actually go on and win the big three games, I think the pool is actually quite small. They're all on, the, all on one side of the draw as well. Right, we're going to get maybe, into it. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, okay. well, we'll get to that later. We do have uh, bracketology, our picks coming up a bit later, but we're going to get through the pools and start with pool A, which is, of course, New Zealand's pool with the home nation, France. Italy, Uruguay and Namibia, who get the All Blacks for, I think, a third uh, World Cup running as they look for their first ever World Cup win. So we'll start uh, with New Zealand. I know you guys have been week after week for about the last 17 weeks looking at the All Blacks and where they are at and I guess things have probably changed a little bit in some of the mindsets after the loss to South Africa but where do you see this team and, and who is the key for the, to the All Blacks performance and performing well in this competition? Clearly it was a setback last week against the Springboks and the way things played out um, but that's, they've got the benefit of time to get over that health is going to play a huge part in every team's Massive. campaign yeah. for every side we've already seen teams that have been affected by significant injury but for me a player who's going to have his best World Cup and needs to have his best World Cup is going to be Richie Moonga. and when you look at the squad and there were some interesting selections right from the start, Mills, in terms of the fact the balance of the side and where they've cho chosen to cover players and then the injuries to Shannon Frizzell and Brody Wittalik. It certainly put us in a position where there's some uncertainty going into the first game. Yeah, there certainly is. And, and in key positions, positions that we've sort of been trying to look for, you know, um, you know to, to actually solid things up, you know, solidity in that. And so there's no doubt that first time for both teams, the All Blacks versus France, that's a huge one. And so leading into it, both different preparations. You know, the French have come off, you know, pre-season type, we've gone sort of up. But I suppose it's after that. Like, you know, they're going to, there's no doubt in my mind that one and two are going to be France and, and the All Blacks. It's how they prep through the rest of the tournament. These other three games that they've got, they've got to play, leading up to those quarterfinals, would you say, once they get to the business end, is making sure their squad's running right, but also the confidence levels are right at their absolute peak when it comes to the quarterfinals, because once you get to those, she's game over if you, if you, if you sort of slip up. Yeah, well, both teams have got some injuries going into that opening game, but what an occasion it is going to be. Um, looking at New Zealand, and you, you mentioned Richie Moonga, and I guess again coming off that South Africa game, people are going, oh, is he the guy again? But where do you see him at at the moment? I don't even read much into uh, last weekend's performance. The fact that we're up against 15 men, I think he's been our standout performer. You watch him and his competitiveness and the way he's played, and significantly different uh, for the All Blacks when he's been out on the field. I think it's going to be his tournament. Now, this was a remarkable kick under pressure against the Wallabies. He's come off the bench. I think he's in uh, his best form as an All Black Mills. And for me, he's going to need four big performances in the first game, and then there's three after that. And he now owns the 10 jersey for yeah. the All Blacks. It's his, he's not going to give it away. We're going to have to rely heavily on him. Um, I really do like what he's done so far this season and what he's built on last season, and he seems really comfortable with this game. Yeah, confidence as well, right? You know, when you've been handed over the reins and say, this is your team, that brings out the best of him. And yet, you're, you're right about the last weekend's game. You know, he'll, he'll put that aside, he'll reflect on it. 
But the way he's been playing, the confidence he has been playing, there's no no doubt he's going to be a you know instrumental part of this team and probably the key player to make to to bring the, the, the trophy home. The key now is how he brings everyone else with him. You know, in, in terms of the other the other guys that are there, some guys have been there before, other youngsters haven't quite. So it's just making sure they get the balance right, but really leading from from the front. Previous World Cups where the All Blacks have been successful, you, there's been a, a bit of a breakout star. I think Izzy Dag in 2011, the Hemel Scudder in 2015, is Mark Talia potentially that guy this time around? We'd like to think so, and he was one of the best performers for the All Blacks in his last test match, and he's shown some real signs for me that he does things that are special and can break a game open. Uh, you know, he's obviously going to continue to work on his game. He is virtually inexperienced, though. That's the reality you're facing with, but he's a guy who seems to be, once again, you mentioned confidence, he's stepped up his game. What I, what I love about him is... In, in games that we aren't quite going so well, and he wins really big moments. Like, and for a young person to be able to do that, look at that, that first clip that we've seen him, you know, getting themselves back into the game. That's what I love, you know, about Mark Tillier. Will he be a, a big influence? Yeah, yeah, I think he can, you know. And then, yes, he's, the good thing about it is he's had some little wee sort of down moments, particularly in Super Rugby as well, where he hasn't quite played well, but he's come back from that. And so, um, I think he's going to be a big part, and, and his ability to snipe round the edges, super strong. I think he'll be good this Rugby World Cup. Well, we're talking key players, but of course there's another key man for the All Blacks, and that is the coach, Ian Foster. He's been having a chat with Sir John Kerwin over in Europe. When you're doing something that you love, it's really easy, but this is not, this is not an easy profession to love. How do you keep your love? When, when you strip away all the pressure and all the noise, um, I always remind myself that it's a privilege to coach because I kind of feel like I get a chance to to influence people that influence a lot of people in our society. So I love the concept of coaching and I think it just makes me grateful. And so you, you go through the ups and downs of it and you, and you get all the noise and you get all the criticisms and you also get all the plaudits when you win. But ultimately, they don't really mean a lot long term. The key thing is what's in your heart and, and do you get out of bed in the morning and, and really love what you're doing and that's me. The danger in coaching is that sometimes the, the particularly when you get elevated in levels and the pressure gets on you can start to get a bit cynical and a bit hardened by everything and, and that can change you as a person, make you a little bit more pragmatic and stuff you type mentality and you end up losing the, the thing that actually makes you enjoy the job in the first place. So for me, I reckon you've got to keep, you've got to choose your attitude every day and reminding yourself why you actually got into something, I think it's pretty critical. Noise. It's been an incredibly noisy few years. Um, I hear the players starting to repeat that, so I think that's a real credit to you. But what is noise, A, what is it for you, and B, what does it feel like? Um, noise is, it's judgment. You're never going to escape judgment from, from external sources. And, and nowadays, judgment comes loud and constant, doesn't it? You know, at least to come twice a week in a newspaper thing. And, and then you have TV shows, and then you have social me media, and you have everything's instant. And, and so, you know, you, you, you get judged and, and people are forming opinions about you and what you're doing and, and the environment all the time. And so how do you train yourself to tr say, well, actually, it's actually not really real. It's only someone else's opinion. What, what really matters is the opinion of the people that we're working with. And um, not easy to do sometimes. What's the biggest thing you think that the All Black... And when I talk about All Blacks, I talk about something that's been very special for us. It definitely moulded my life. What did it give you, do you think, as a person? I love this team, and and I'm just thinking about the clear reasons why I do, and I think it's that, um, is that the expectations are so clear. You know, when? yeah. Well, there's no room for no. ambiguity here. Like, it's there's no room for for grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want to perform, and and yes, you want to win, and I think. We always, everyone wants to win, but th this team really wants to play well all the time. And it is it is pretty special to actually be part of a group that people are so motivated to actually to actually do that. And that's the expectations of the All Blacks. And, you know, when we don't, don't get it right, it's sport, we don't get it right sometimes. So, you know, we, we, we learn from that. But I think, what, what do I love the most? It's the fact that, you know, you, you, swing your camera and you've got a training field there and 
and we go out there and we go to work and we just try to get better and we, and we want to put on a product and a game that, that inspires people and, and it's pretty special to be part of that. If there was one thing you'd like for a player to say about you 10 years from now, a player that, that was coached by you, what would you like that to be? I'd like to think that they'd say that I cared for them and that I encourage them. I think as a coach, there'll be two things that'll be pretty important to me. And, you know, we all want to inspire people with great ideas and all that, and, you know, but I think ultimately rugby players are no different to any other group, you know, family group, everyone. People want to feel valued, and, um, and I'd like to think that I, I make them feel valued. Was kind of weigh out whether it's tougher to be a referee or a coach going into into a major tournament um, like this. Ian Foster, what will, how will he be looked upon if the All Blacks get up and win this tournament? Well, in the end, he said he had a plan, Mills. They said they stuck to their plan. They've, they've looked at the way they've prepared for this tournament. He's had to go through two seasons through COVID, which no other coach has ever had to experience. Coaching in bubbles, working in massive groups of people, travelling around the world in isolation. And they had to come out the other end of it after some really difficult uh, performances against some really good teams mills. So if he's able to, in essentially a year, to reinvigorate this group to go on and win a Rugby World Cup, he should get a huge amount of credit for that. And the off-field stuff that's, that's come as well. I don't think any um, you know, all-black coach has probably experienced it within the team. And that's probably why I, I think you know, a year later, you know, that adversity that they've gone through you know, is outstanding. The way they've come out of it, because you can. You can actually sit there and say stuff to everyone else. What they've done is actually created a, a, an environment, what he's done is created an environment where guys are really caring about you know, the country itself and, and got the fans right in behind them. So. If, they, if, they, if he's able to do it and the team are able to do it, it'd be massive. But one thing we haven't touched on is that mental strain that you know the All Blacks face all the time, and whether other teams have that, that capability, you know, the expectation to win every time when you're at number one, and that's a big part of this Rugby World Cup, I reckon. Well, we know that it's one area that the All Blacks spend a lot of time working on the mental side of the game. And we've kept Sir JK busy. He kept caught up with a couple of the All Blacks players to find out a little bit what it's like on the sideline trying to keep that high-performance mindset. Well-being and performance are married together. The great thing is that Groove brings that. So for me to be able to have this partnership um, with the All Blacks and for them to normalise mental health, I think will save lives around the world. We all feel pressure um, and some of us deal with it pretty well, some of us um, need a little bit of a, a help and that's where this all comes in. And the way I see it, you know, at this level, it really does come down to the 1% and I believe the 1% is a, a in your mind. Physically, obviously, you've got to do the work, but there's no point being really strong and physically fit if mentally you can't go out there and deliver. You'd be surprised how normal we are as, as human beings and we try to keep our feet on the ground and as humble as we can. For me, balance is, is critical um, in our high performance environments um, that we live in. We're taught a lot of good things around um, showing vulnerability, having difficult conversations. They're giving the world permission to talk about it and say it's okay to get that balance and I think uh, you know, that's the power to change. When you look after yourself, when your mental health is good, when you get that balance right during the week, then you can perform so much better. Groove, the official wellbeing partner of the All Blacks and the Black Ferns. All right, let's crack on in Pool A, where the home team with a weight of expectation on them, France, of course, the other team, uh, probably favoured to come through in this group. Uh, they go into this opening game, Dante out injured, but doesn't seem like that's a long term. They've obviously lost Roman Intermax, Cyril Bite got some injury problems as well. But overall, their strength and depth in French rugby that I don't know if we've ever seen before. Rookie, do you think they're favourites? I do, yes. The fact they're at home and the yes. strength of their season, and we've got a team like Ireland who's got a massive winning streak, the fact that South Africa are the, the defending champions. I mean, Mills, I look at France, and you can't be more impressed what they've done over the last two seasons, really, in big games, but they were beaten in the Six Nations comprehensively like Ireland. So, and, and the fact that they've picked up a significant injury at 10, I've still got a huge amount of respect for them at home. And what we have seen in their domestic competition is the passion that their fans have for their side. I don't 
think that can be underestimated, how far that can carry a side. We did it for our team in 2011 when the weight of expectation was there. I look at this group and I look at the talent they have and I'm going to talk about their captain, Antoine Dupont. He is clearly the best rugby player in the world. There is nothing he can't do and I think their tournament could hinge on this sort of play and the creativity shows because the games he hasn't played, they haven't looked as dangerous. They've looked a little bit, I mean, less instinctive. He's got something about him which I think is so world-class, which is so creative that it gives them an asset or an advantage that'll be very hard to counter if they play the way they have been playing. He, he talk, I spoke about before about Mark Tillier doing bringing something out of nothing. This guy here is world class, yeah. and that's why he's the number one player in, in the world, the best in the world. And he shapes up to kick off his right when he boxes, then he goes to his left and kicks equally as well. But him being fresh and available, you're right. I don't think they're as fluent when he's when he's not on board. You know, when games are really quiet, he, he brings something totally different, sparks something up. Whether it's at the back with a kick to him, he's counter attacked and got them another try. It just it just goes massive. The downside of it is he's, he's actually lost Intermec because his you know um, combination of Intermec and particularly when you go to Dante now that, that he's out, I think it's only a, a hamstring issue, um, and then a little bit further to Fuku out, out a little bit wider. I think they've got those guys have been you know the uh, the, the core for, for a number of years for France and they've come through you know come through together. But certainly in, in terms of uh, Dupont and what he can do and the captain um, and the emotional side. Do you know what I mean? Because they are, you're right, when they get the home, home you know, crowd you know, with them, the emotion, the emotion that's here, we know how heavily emotional they, they will be anyway, that plays a big, big part. I don't think they're that fragile side that we, you, you, you labelled them from time to time, right? Um, but the, what the we what do... France is going to turn yeah, up yeah, to Yeah, I don't think they're yeah. that side anymore. You know, the fact that they've kept this group together, that they're going to stay in the fight. Uh, there's, there's, their forward pack is, is fantastic. Um, you know, I, I, I look at their game and their ability to, to... They're a threat in so many different ways. And I no. think they're going to be so difficult to beat when they get any sort of momentum. And the Wave and the All Blacks have felt that uh, in recent seasons when they've played against them. Any momentum they start to get, it's hard to peg that back against them. Well, well even with no intimate, though, Jalabi offers something different, right, that that perhaps teams haven't seen as much of because it's been such a dupont intimate combination. And Dupont plays well with both of them. Yes, and that's the thing too. But the thing you've also got... It's a dominant forward pack. You know yeah. the consistency that they've been able to have in that in that forward pack has been outstanding. Big men, they love. And when I say consistent, you know, times in a game in the in the past, they've sort of just gone off, and they've been prepared to say, "Well, hey, it's just another game, right?" Now, what you're seeing from the French side is just going, "Hey, well, we're going to go to another level," you know. And, that, and, and we think about tournaments where there's been unrest inside the, the camp, been, there's been fights between players <laughs> yeah. and coaches. What do they do? They still make finals. That's I right. mean, there's no other team that you'd say, you know, that, that's been through a Rugby World Cups that hasn't won one who's been so close on so many occasions. They are one of the great rugby nations in the world and their domestic game showing how dominant they are and their international game has followed suit. They've also won 12 games on the trot yeah. at home. Yeah, yeah, wow. So, we'll just throw that one in there too. Um, also on Paul Lay, I think Italy are going to be a lot of fun. It's a young team, but they might be a bit of fun to watch anyway. Let's move on to uh, Pool B, which is the other, well, brutal pool. South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Romania and Tonga. Of course, a new look to the Tongan team, which is exciting to see. But I think we look at the top two teams uh, in this pool, South Africa, Ireland. And maybe six weeks ago, we wondered about South Africa. And then a week ago, we all changed our mind and went, whoa, where have these guys been? Well, the beauty about emotion, they are emotionally charged too, the South Africans. You know, they, they hate losing. They love coming back. And now they're on an absolute high. So, And this is where it becomes difficult, right? You've got the Irish and the South Africans on the other side. We've just seen the French and us. Um, the South Africans, you know, Seal you know, Khaleesi and how he's been able to come, come back. I think they're starting to find their sort of groove. Uh, Leboc played, you know, reasonably well. He takes the ball to the line. Um, I love how he's taking control for someone that's sort of so young. So getting that mix right. Um, and also, you know, the, the bomb squad's not too bad either, Jeff. Well, it's massive. But let's be honest. I mean, and, and to see seven of them get up and, and come on together, that's, that's frightening. This is a side, you know, they are built for Rugby World Cups. 
the fact that they can get into close games to, to knock them out of a rugby world cup and we found how hard it was in 2015 um, 2019 we beat them in the first game of the rugby world cup the first encounter and they went on and pushed their game and they developed and they got to a point that they are once again i've said this and, and rusty erasmus has done an unbelievable job with that group don't he's the coach of that side he's on the sideline He's, got, he's on the whistle, he's on he's the water on the, bottles, yeah. he's on the mic. Look, he's driving it. Jacques Nienaber is their coach, but he is the guy driving it. Yeah. And he's got them and wound them up and got to a point where they're going to be so difficult to take out in this Rugby World Cup. And it's, it's hard to see them getting beaten if the game and tempo suits them because of their size, their physicality. I, I, they're impressive. They're really, really... How do you take the tempo away from them? How do you not let them set the style like we saw at Twickenham. That's the hardest yeah. part. I, mean, I think all round, they have the ability to slow it right down. You've got to get into them really early. And how do you do that? Your skill set's got to be right on the bone. We've seen at Mount Smart what we did. We put them under pressure in terms of the high balls. But we had, I suppose, momentum going into that. We started well. So you don't start well. And you get into a game where it's stop-start, they're more than happy to stay there. And when you say, when they bring guys that are massive and built for Rugby World Cups to come off the bench, they don't want to take it to another level. They're, they're fine sitting out at the tone that they want to set it. And why wouldn't you? You know, when you, your strengths are big men, you know, strangle um, the other sides into forcing mistakes, and then obviously collecting points will go to their line-out drive and their set-piece, because they are monsters. Perhaps the single biggest impact on their squad is the return of Sia Khaleesi. It was so touch and go for so long. He hasn't looked like he's really missed a beat coming back in. He's played, what, 40, 50 minutes. What is he... There's the inspirational aspect of him, but what does he bring to that team from the playing perspective? I've been really impressed with his mm. comeback. The fact he's played no rugby and then on back-to-back -back weeks he's gone out there and he's a player for me that reminds me of what Richie McCaw did for the All Blacks. He does that for the Springboks in terms of he's got uh, ability to get the best out of the team around him. They clearly care for him. He's such a well-balanced individual. You know, I think he's one of those guys that actually keeps them, when I say on a level field, is the fact he keeps them well and truly focused. But by the same token, he motivates the group around him. Uh, look, it's great to see him back out there. Um, he'll be keeping this team well and truly locked in about what they need to do. Because, and we had Steve Hansen talk about this last weekend, they're locked in for round one because they've got Scotland. So they have to hit the ground absolutely running. They can't afford to not be on top of their game. He's even just seeing him standing there, oh. seeing there as a rugby fan, are you wrapped to see Sia Khaleesi being powerful. fit and available for this tournament? Right, their big opponent is going to be Ireland in this pool, although notwithstanding Scotland cool. as well. Really fair point. They're up to what fifth in the world or something now. But Ireland, the world number one side, they go and what do we say? They haven't lost a game in 13 yes. matches or something like that. Six Nation champion Grand Slam. They've got uh, a, a team where they're getting a few players back to fitness. They lost Kian Healy uh, in the week leading up to it. But across the board, balance, depth. Versatility. <laughs> Where else could you go with them? How hard to see them being beaten? Well, last year they proved something to themselves. They came down to New Zealand and they beat New Zealand and, and the All Blacks in a series, in a three-match series in New Zealand. They created history and they've continued to create history on the back of their absolutely fantastic structures of the way they play the game. They've got creativity, they've got the ability to use space, wonderful loose forward trio mills. There's nothing in their game they don't have. This is actually just all about dealing with the pressure of being ultimately the number one team in the world and the expectations are they are good enough to win a Rugby World Cup. But that's not easy. These aren't easy to we win. We talk about Ireland every World Cup and they've never made it to a semi-final. This is probably a little bit different for them. Yeah, I agree. You know, they're, they're, in, they're in the number one position. And they have, the, man, I've loved the innovation that they've been able to show. You know, usually you, you get there, you think, okay, they, they won't, you know, they came down here and they absolutely demolished us. Then they've, they've gone back home and, and dominated there as well. But the innovation around, you know, whether it's a tight game like the South Africans or going a little bit wider, Johnny Sexton's a big, big part. You know, Thunderfleur for me also is, is, is massive. So, you know, Sexton's, I suppose, experience, you know, um, in terms of keeping this, uh, th this team going and the way they sort of play, the, the plays that they come up, I, I think he's an integral part to this, to this Irish side. Sexton's awesome. I mean, as, as an international rugby player, what is he, 37? 37? 37 years old, and you watch him play, now there's 38, so, there's, so don't... Uh, 
The one thing is that he's a look, he's a little bit fragile. I mean, he's taken some knocks. It's yes. the one thing that might go against him, but I tell you what, he's the inspiration in that group. And his ability to make great decisions, Ricky, under pressure, make the right spots, hit the right people from their structures. They've worked it, they've worked it, and now I think his combination with Jamison Gibson Park has actually elevated the game. We always thought Connor Murray was the guy. Gibson Park's a different oh, type man. of threat, and now the pass, the speed of action. I just think those two together have made a massive, massive difference. I think in terms of their continuity, Ricky, I'm, I couldn't be more impressed what Gibson Park done since he's put on this jersey. Oh, he's been huge. I mean, what he's done in Ireland since sort of leaving New Zealand in the Blues, he's, you know, he's got up to sort of test match level, almost world class there, you know, and, and his combination of Sexton, I'll go back to your point about Sexton being, you know, bunged up a little bit. I think that's actually a blessing, you know, to yep. give him that little bit of rest rather than to roll into the Rugby World Cup having played a lot of those test matches. You know, even um, in the final of the uh, Heineken, Heineken Cup or the Championship, whatever it was over there, uh, European Cup, I think having rested, rested throughout that period, is going to, it's going to... Or enforced rest well, as yeah, well. But I think he'll come in there really firing, considering his experience and how long he's been in you know, the Irish side for. And because I mean, we think to them playing Samoa in really heavy, horrible conditions, I think it was in Bayonne within a week or so ago, that not having sexed in the control is how Samoa were able to just show some signs that there's some fragilities, though, there in the island team. Yeah, he'll, he'll bring composure, yeah. right? He'll bring composure with all that experience. And But that's the they're that side, I think, that you, you get the sense that if they got under pressure with that composure, they'd fight their way out of it yeah. because they've had that, yeah. like you say, was it 13 in yeah. a row now, which yeah. is an impressive performance. Yeah. And they've been against high quality opposition. So I think they've done everything they possibly can leading up to a Rugby World Cup to prepare themselves to be successful. But ultimately we know that when you get to knockout rugby, it's 80 minutes of football. It's, it's, you can't have an off, an off day. Um, but they having, they're not having those. You don't feel like an island, in anybody, nobody would begrudge an island Rugby World Cup win. I don't think. I'm saying this to a group of New Zealanders and the other. Well, you can't. They're the Irish. Well, no, no, Who doesn't love uh, the uh, Irish? And what they've done over the last If you win a rugby world cup, you deserve to win it. If you win a rugby world cup, I will celebrate whoever wins it. I'd love for us, clearly, to win it. But I'll celebrate any side because they will have had to have done it a hard way at some point during the tournament. This is, it's not easy to win. That'd probably be a lot better than us at celebrating. Yeah, no, absolutely. No that in terms of the Guinness, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. We're, worth a trip to Temple Bar. Uh, let's have a look at the other teams in this pool. Uh, Scotland being one who've got up to fifth in the world now and kind of sort of quietly gone about their business a wee bit. Possibly those rankings have changed because other teams have dropped. Can they cause an upset in this pool, Jeff? Absolutely. Finn Russell is a world-class 10. Since he's come back into the Scottish side, they look like a different team. In fact, he's got the creativity, he's got the keys to the car. We talk about those sorts of things. But great structure. Uh, look, I'm, I'm excited for them, not for the fact that they're in this pool, but the fact they're actually going in mills with some really good form on the board and the fact they're dangerous. And it was this performance here where they got behind significantly against France and then fought their way back into the contest, right? To the point they almost won. That showed them, showed me where they're at as a side. I, I actually turned it off. I thought, no, nah, the French are actually going to get them away. away that, yeah. And then turned back, back and I'm like, far out. There's a the way. more of a, a steel, a backbone there than yeah. we maybe haven't seen. And I think leading up to this, like the last couple of years has been a little bit up and down for Scotland. It's probably more down than anything else. Now they've sort of started to lift. You're right, Finn Russell, he's, he's a big integral part. And when we, So when we look at what we've just spoken about, you know, there are key men, right? You know, DuPont, Nine, your Ten, it's all your playmakers, you know. You keep them nice and fresh. Like Finn Russell, he's real class, you know, you've got a good chance. Let's have a look at Tonga as well. Of course, the changes to the World Rugby eligibility rules mean they have been able to call upon some talent and they've got a hugely exciting squad. I think it's just exciting for the Pacific Islands to have access to these guys. But what does a Charles Piatau, what does that bring to a team like Tonga who are going to be really well coached under Tōtakefu? Yeah, this is a, an opportunity for them to continue to develop and this is a different World Cup because of the talent levels they're coming in with. And this is going to continue over time now, right? There are going to be more and more players who come into their environment. They have probably haven't played enough together. Yeah. And do they have that ability up front, Mills, to stay competitive for long enough? That's, the, that's to me the biggest question because that's where we've seen Fiji progress. Donga haven't quite got there just yet in terms of being able to solidify what you do up front. And this is a tough pull to have to try and do that. I mean, they've got some really, really good players and those rules opening up is it's massive for them, right? But 
it's a one offer, okay? So, as you say, there's no real stability, you know, in terms of their, their play because they're so disjointed with a lot of guys coming in. So, when it gets the going gets tough and they're not quite sure where to go to, they haven't really got the process to be able to go, okay, I'm comfortable with going to this or comfortable going to that. And that's where I feel a lot of the, the, the bigger nations will actually grind them down and say, well, you can, you can get into the open style as long as we D up and, 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 and sort of strangle a little bit. But once you get down to the nitty gritty, to the set piece, to playing territory and that, are you able to sort of keep keep up with things? And that's probably going to be the downside, but exciting stuff because yep. you've got some good talent. 100%. Well, that is Paul A and Paul B. Stay with us on this Breakdown Rugby World Cup preview special. We'll be back and have a look at Paul C and D after the break. We are running the rule over all the Rugby World Cup pools and teams as we are less than a week away from Rugby World Cup 2023. We've looked at A and B, now let's get into pool C and D and starting with pool C, which looks a little like this. Wales and Australia, Fiji, Georgia and Portugal. Uh, through Paul C, um, it, oh, to take, to pick your poison. Uh, let's start with uh, Australia and everything they've had this season. It's been well documented. Uh, massive changes. Eddie Jones is, well, has he rolled the dice? They're holding back. They're holding back, apparently. Yeah, of course. Here's their squad with Will Skelton as the captain. Some big names missing out as well. Of course, no Michael Hooper. Uh, Quade Cooper not there as well. <laughs> I, I, how long's a piece of string? Where do you go with this team? I, I don't like, think the Wallabies have ever gone to a Rugby World Cup as unsettled as they are in this yeah. one. And that doesn't mean the fact they won't be competitive. Look but at this draw, though. Yeah. Georgia to start, that is uh, not easy. Uh, and what well, they were up 6-0 at halftime uh, over the weekend in a test match, a significant test match playing well. So it, it's not an easy start. Um, but in saying that, it could be the perfect start, Mills, because if they get off to a good start against Georgia, if they do play well, they can get their confidence very, very quickly. And awesome. for them, it's about surviving that pool and getting to the quarterfinals and seeing what you've created amongst your group. Because they've got such a, an experienced side, you know, so Scouting will, will bear a lot of that, that load of you know, expectation and, and also and the, the hard part about that is because he plays overseas, you know, he's now coming back, he's, he's their, what, fifth captain that they've used they've, they've this, this year. So, but that also also brings excitement when you've got a young side and you say, hey, let's, let's roll into, you know, the... Um, the tournament. Georgia, if we can get that one under our battle, create massive confidence within that team. There's no doubt they have got you know some X-factor players, particularly yeah. out wide, if they can use them. Okay, so that that key game, up, the first up one, where it won't be an easy feat, you know, against Georgia, if they can get past that with some confidence, I think they'll be all right. I think if they're good defensively, they'll be fine. If, if they can improve their ability defensively to challenge at the breakdown, to get some turnovers, to not concede penalties. Yeah. In fact, I think all of a sudden, that talent that you're talking about will come to the fore, but all of it is going to be reliant on Carter Gordon getting up to speed really, really quickly. There have been moments through the course of the season where you've already seen, and we saw it in Super Rugby, there's talent there, but it's him driving the side around. And his running game's strong, but they need more than that. They need a great kicking game. They need him to make sure that he creates for the players around him. He's tough. He's a tough young man. He puts himself in harm's way. I like the fact that Eddie Jones has gone, this is my guy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to back him. Yes, you might get some rocks and diamonds with a young player. Probably didn't have a whole lot of options. Yeah. What was but the option? It was Quade yeah, Cooper. Yeah, but you're right, because when they've got someone like a Noanga Dinsuasi, who is a sort of player that can light up a tournament, they've got to be able to... Korobiti, Karevi. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, they've got plenty of ability through yeah. their back line. It's just, I, but the one thing I, I, I do know about them as well, though, Mills, they've, they've gone to the old Rugby World Cup and they haven't been watched and rated but this is the stage that Australians in any sport they love it right yeah. they lift yeah. I don't they lift. like in 2015 <coughs> gave them the, I mean they were kind of sneak they were there or thereabouts but not probably to well, they were right there in 2011 right yeah I mean they were right there as well you know they're a side you just can't underestimate I feel like they can't afford to lose anyone though they can't afford to have more of that depth tested no, any, no. any further than that than it already is particularly uh, at first five yeah uh, well uh, I mean a massive factor in this group is going to be Fiji of course coming off and his Historic win over England with, um, well, players to burn, talent, but a forward pack that can front up Mills. I am so excited to see what this Fiji team can do. A well-coached, well-drilled, time-together Fijian team. What did you say seven days ago? 
What? <laughs> that they could possibly top the pool. That's what you said. Yeah, I, possible. I mean, possibly, possibly, right? possibly. You know, the, I think they will. Australia, I think there's, a, there's a possibility they can. I think the experience they've had in Super Rugby and also some of their players overseas has combined with the fact they've now got a little bit more stability in terms of their forward pick and also, man, some of that talent, like, like Jiraja out, you know, coming from league and being there for the last couple of years or three or so years, he's X-Factor. Oh. Along with, <laughs> along with <laughs> everyone else <laughs> in the team. <coughs> Excuse me. So great, and um, and this is what I what I think. If you open it up to the Fijians or give them a little wee sniff, they can make you pay, and they'll make you pay big time. Look at what, what they did against the English. They were missing guys against England as well. <laughs> Good it, luck. It, <laughs> this isn't going to be their issue. It's ultimately the growth they've had in their type five at scrum line-out time that's going to be critical. But also their ability at the breakdown has really improved. So their ability, we saw that over the ball to actually get the ball back. But I'm going to come back, and there's been a theme to a lot of my conversations. I keep talking about first fives. Because the tens are so critical, and Caleb Munts is the guy, I think, that has turned this team around. Um, Mick Byrne, I spoke to him through the course of Super Rugby. He talked about, even for the Fiji and Drua, that this guy was going to be critical the more he got to play. He's a talent. He's a real talent. He's a, he is a well-balanced first 5'8". He kicks goals. He's got, he's got great footwork. I, I think he reads the game really nicely for a young man. A lot of their tournament, I think, is going to go around how he handles the pressure of a Rugby World Cup. But to his strength, handled it all right. he's handled it really well, and he knows the guys around him now. I'm really hopeful that we see the best of them. Yeah, I think he understands the balance of Fiji and rugby, right? Because... Often what we're seeing is, you know, let's, let's throw everything around like they do one-touch one touch rugby and then have it crack. He's now got this ability to go, well, we, we can't keep doing that because one, we'll run out of, you know, energy and two, we'll just, you know, play into the other team's hands. Now he's got the ability to donk one down, down the line, get those speedsters chasing him and then build something around that, build pressure, which is, we haven't seen that from a Fijian, Fijian side for a very, very long time. Now they've got, you know, creativity along with stability in their game. If you make a mistake against Fiji, you're in trouble. You yeah. If you drop the ball, if you turn it oh, over, yeah. if you drop the ball and you turn it over, good luck. Yeah. Because you make mistakes, if you present them with a poor kicking game, if you just give them the ball and allow them to run at you, then you're in serious trouble. They've got big game experience too. Oh, big European competitions. Yeah. There's five or six Olympic gold medalists in that squad. And you want to talk about pressure, win an Olympic medal. You know, so the recipe's there, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's super exciting. Uh, Wales, do we give them a shout of getting out of this group? I'm not writing them off. I, don't I think, think they've think got so. a great young captain in Jack, in, uh, Jack Morgan. A couple of game breakers, Rio Dyer, Lewis Reece Samet. I'm not writing well, them off. I, I'd like to say that. I just think Warren, last, Gatlin? Warren Gatlin's walked into a massive bombshell there because <laughs> yeah. there's so much going on there. It's, it's showing on the field as well. The Sometimes you can, you, can, you can deal with that stuff off the field, but I just, it hasn't sort of transitioned into on the field. This is one, Paul, though, that you could actually see three teams sort of beating each other. You know, yeah. Wales, Fiji and Australia, yeah. and then it could come down to all sorts of um, <laughs> ramifications in terms of points differentials and bonus points and all sorts. So I'm not ruling them out, but they're a side that I talked about Australia being unsettled. Wales are in exactly the same spot. Pool D then over to our final pool. Let's have a look who is in this group. It is England, speaking of open, England, Japan, Argentina, Samoa and Chile. New team into the Rugby World Cup. And we are going to start with England who have had injuries, suspension, historic defeats, poor form, basically the worst possible build-up to a Rugby <laughs> World Cup that you could imagine. And so where, where does it leave them, Mills? If you're Steve Borthwick, if you're Owen Farrell, where do you, where's your head at going into I'd next say, If they don't make it out, or if they, they, they lose early, there'd be one very, very happy Australian. And, and one nervous be, coach. Yes, and that'll be Eddie Jones, considering what sort of happened uh, and where they've got to, you know, right now. I still think they, I still think they make it through. I, I think there's enough there in the English side that if they can get their stuff together, um, then they, they, they make it through to the quarterfinals. They're going to rely heavily on experience. They're not going to have some of that for the first game through suspension. So their World Cup's going to start when Owen Farrell and Billy Vunapola returns to their squad for me. And, and, and they've got a big challenge coming up, but Farrell's, he's their most experienced player, he's their most important player, particularly the way that they do play. He is world-class, he's not a world-class tackler. Um, clearly that's, but that's not his job. But his job is, is to drive this team. Says who? Not the judicial. What, uh, what does it say about a team though, when your two leaders 
uh, that's the example that they've set. That's the situation they've set in this team that desperately need, and, and probably more the Vunipolo one, given the furore that there had been around Farrell, that was the, the situation they've put themselves in. The team won't care, under the fact that they've, they've got it wrong, um, but the one thing they rely heavily on, Mills, is physicality. Yeah. That's the way that they want to play the game. And they've got it wrong on two occasions. And the fact, they're going to keep pushing and pushing, and, and they'll rely on that. That's the way that they're going to be successful at a Rugby World Cup. Um, but the way things have panned out, uh, and, and the talent they do have, and they have quite a bit of experience. A lot of these guys were there in 2019 and knew how to get to a Rugby World Cup final. They're going to have to draw on that. But like I say, I don't think their tournament really starts until you know the likes uh, of those players come back. Um, Maro Atoji is one player for me. Um, there's been so much chat about him as a player, and he has become... He was world-class the last World Cup. What impact can he have on this tournament? Because if he has a big impact, I think all of a sudden we'll see them as a team collectively up front have a big impact because he is some sort of athlete. They've had some injuries though to England. Obviously they lost Van Poorfleet and Watson mm. going into the tournament. I think Elliot Daly and Carl yeah. Sinclair are carrying yep. injuries into the tournament and I think there's another couple as well. So it's they're a wee bit patched up um, for a team that likes to be tough and physical and hard. It's a, oh, you're more optimistic about England than I am. I just I can't, I don't know, I can't see a way out of that Mills. I suppose it's hard, it's hard position for them to be in, right, because if they're rocking into the under massive adversity. You don't really see that from whether they can come out of that and, you know, come together and, and, and play really well. I, I don't know. Well, one of their opponents is Argentina, who have shown some very good form. And the way that, I mean, they're the example of a team that has just grown and grown and grown from World Cup to World Cup. And, and you look through and there's hard to find chinks or weaknesses within that squad now. I think they've lost one out of this group, perhaps, or no, it's still there, uh, uh, one of the players with an ACL. Um, but otherwise, it's pretty solid. Really good loose forward combination. Really uh, have grown in um, the rugby championship. They've obviously tasted success against the All Blacks now. Um, they beat Australia in Australia. It took a, a you know a last-minute try to do that, but they're a different side now, Mills. Um, and they'll look at this Rugby World Cup as they're probably their biggest opportunity for a long, long time to go deep into a tournament the way things play out. Yeah, when you talk about those Lucies, I mean, you're looking at guys like Karima and, and that, and they've, they've played for a very long time, big physical men. The one thing that, that I would say that sort of is discipline. Yeah, I was going to say discipline. They have really knuckled down and they're coming into this tournament having been a really disciplined side in terms of the penalties they're giving away but also the emotion that they've had to bring in and that's on the back end of some of these guys like Clemmer and that, you know, making sure that they that they're, they don't give away silly penalties and playing that still, playing that physical game that they absolutely love playing. Uh, uh, Facundo Issa, uh, Pablo Montera, I mean, you're talking about some big, massive... Gondona yeah. is the one who's out injured, this, uh, the ACL. You've yeah. got Pitti in the middle row, Lavanini. Lavanini, who, when he's on, he's on. Unfortunately, sometimes he's off with the yellow card from time to time, but they're aside for me, like I say, who would have prepared and looked at this, Michael Checker, um, you know, would have seen exactly how this group has grown over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for them, yeah. you know, because... You know, I'm disappointed we don't see them uh, in Super Rugby now. Uh, I enjoyed what the Haguares brought to the, the game and they've, they've grown on that. And now I think they're playing some really top rugby. Uh, Rodrigo Escro, Sevens player who's in that squad. I think we might see a bit of him and he brings a lot to that team. Samoa beating, or almost beating Ireland uh, a week or so ago with vast experience, absolute quality. And I have a feeling, I feel like they could get out of this group. They've got the ability, right? Mm -hmm. you know, there's some of the players that are, you know, coming back. The experience, Charlie Famuina, obviously, uh, you know, Lima Sopoanga, uh, that have come that have come back. I mean, there's a solid team there. It's just whether they can, similar to Fiji, right? You know, can they stay in it, have the explosive game, which we've seen. You know, they they would be up there, able to open things up. You know, right from the back when they played the Irish. But it's just been the, having the discipline to go, OK, well, they've got a big forward pack, you know, can we can we settle on that and go to set-piece and scrum really well and also the variations off their line-out? Yeah. To give Lima Sopoanga a chance to, to dictate and, and control, which we saw what he added to that team the other day. Look, he's, he's a player for me was maybe a little bit underrated here in New Zealand. You know, I've got, got limited opportunities in the all-back jersey, but there's a real talent there. Once again... You would like them to have played more games over the last few seasons. Quality opposition, which gives them that chance to grow as a group. Yeah. You know, they probably haven't had enough of that time together to really work on the little things that you're talking about to make sure their set piece is really solid. If their set piece is solid, if they could get to where Fiji had got to, which is a little bit like Tonga, 
is if you could get to where Fiji have got to, then they're a completely different beast. But tested, I think, eh? Hey? I yeah. think that's probably it. Like, yeah. They've got a really good set piece. Big men, a lot of them played in Europe, and they've come back really solid and heavy. But they haven't been tested against a really good opposition that can actually just sort of, you know, give it back. And so... In the lead up into this, they stayed and had a camp type scenario and then went into the Pacific Nations Cup. I don't think you know, they, they could be as hardened as perhaps they would have wanted to be leading into, this, into the to Rugby World Cup. Yeah, I think Michael Alatoa said afterwards, just didn't execute in some big moments and that's going to be key for them. Uh, Japan have obviously had great runs in the last couple of World Cups. They haven't had the same kind of build up for this one. Any chance, Suno, out of this group? Any surprise coming from Japan? If you let them play and you don't challenge them up front, you'll be in trouble. If you allow them to play at speed early on in the tournament in regards to the conditions, but they're a side that'll, they'll need to find something they haven't had in the last probably 12 months. Yeah, because you can underestimate them and mm. say, well, let's play uh, how to scout the game. And that's where you can get caught. So if you let them play, yeah, they'll burn you. They've had some injuries as well. All right, that is a overview of the pools up after the break, though. Reputations go. on the line, bracketology. Yeah, we make our picks for Rugby World Cup 2023. Stay with us on the breakdown. Welcome back into the Breakdown World Cup Preview Special. And this is the bit we've been waiting for. This is reputations, not actually any money on the line. Maybe we could. Bracketology, quarter-finalist, semi-finalist, the final. Who's going to win it? We've done our picks. Confidence, confidence. There's a bit of confidence over there. There's no confidence here. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. I've got none in mine either. So uh, you go first, Jeff. Good luck. Here All we right, go. here Jeff we go. Picks. How's it going to play out? Quarter-final one. I'm going to see Fiji coming out on top of their pool. England are going to survive their pool. They're going to find a way to make a quarter-final. Who have I got winning that? I've got England at full strength. Ooh. At full strength, when they welcome back yeah. Owen Farrell, Billy Vulnapola, they're going to be strong enough. Quarter-final two. Ireland, I think, are going to top their pool. South African fans don't like me now. <laughs> I may never travel back to South Africa. But they're going to take on New Zealand because I think it's going to be tough for the All Blacks to beat France in round one. So they're going to be runner-up. Who's going to win that? The All Blacks. They're motivated in quarterfinals against some teams that have beaten them in the past. Ireland are that side. They can't wait to do it. Quarterfinal three, Argentina, who I think are in great form. They'll love their draw. They're going to come out on top and they're going to take on Australia. Now, I see Argentina Tina, making the semi-final of a Rugby World Cup again. And then there's a massive one. The host, France, taking on South Africa. You didn't like me from what I said earlier. Oh. You're not going to like me now because I've got the hosts <laughs> going through to a semi-final against Argentina. England take on New Zealand. The All Blacks, a replay of the semi-final from Japan in 2019 but the All Blacks come out on top this time and they're going to take on the hosts in France. Round one, it was the All Blacks France. Round the end of the competition in the final, I see the All Blacks coming out on top. Things will have to go their way, but I've got very little confidence. Argentina, England, the fourth and third pass game. I don't care. Don't even care. I don't even care, Ricky. Come on I now. I didn't even know we had to do that. Come on now, so, come on now. Okay, Who so if they don't like you in South Africa, they're not going to like me, and nor are they probably going to like me in England either, because I think this is the tournament of the Pacific Islands. Wow. Nice. And I have got Fiji coming out on top of their pool and Samoa getting through England. I wouldn't say there's no hope, but... I just can't see it at the moment. Maybe prove me wrong. So I've got Fiji going through over Samoa. Down to quarterfinal number two. I agree. I think Ireland topped that group and they will play the All Blacks in quarterfinal two. But you've got to kind of keep it with New Zealand and we're going to have another Island World Cup disaster. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, well, you've never been to a semi-final. Not going to happen here. So I've got a Fiji-New Zealand semi. Over here to Argentina and Australia. Australia are going to sneak through in that pool just, I think. But Argentina are going to look really strong. They're going to go through to a semi-final. And then the same one I've got down here, France and South Africa. And I'm going to be with you never going to South Africa again too okay. because France are advancing. So that leaves me with a Fiji, New Zealand and all Pacific. What an occasion that will be. But the All Blacks are going to go through to another World Cup final. Argentina, France, they've been there before as well. But it's France. It's a home team. And I, too, have a New Zealand-France final. But I'm not going to South Africa ever again. I'm probably not going to England ever again. And I might get excommunicated from my home country because I think France. I pick France to win oh, the 2023 oh. Rugby World Cup. Someone's got to be brave. Someone's got to be bold. Mills Molina. 
Look, I'm just... It's France's you, time. You're definitely it not going to get up back, back to New Zealand, I tell you that. Anyway, now that we've got your two token picks out of the way, and here's the real pick. Wow. Right, here it is. Okay, so my first one here, quarterfinal number one, Australia and England. Okay, quarterfinal number one. And then, who go through from that? Well, let's have a look, because it is going to be Australia. Oh. Okay, quarterfinal two, well... France, they second because we, we've beaten them in the, in the, in the first you, round. Zealand they play Ireland, who topped their pool at number one. And out of that, nope, the world number one come through. You've got the host gone. The... Gone, mate. Oh, gone. 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 Whoa. Wow. Right. Over to the other side, Argentina and Fiji for me as well. Argentina, while well, they take on Fiji and be a mm, pretty explosive effort from Fiji, but the Argies go through for me. And down the bottom, Oh, the South Africans, and this is it. We Come on them. now. We beat them in Mount Smart. They beat us over in Twickenham. Sorry, South Africans. We beat them the third time round, so we go through. All right. Argentina, New Zealand semi-final. Australia and Ireland. Let's go back to this one here. So who makes the final out of Australia and Ireland? World number ones go through. They make the final. Ireland, and on the other side, of course, the mighty All Blacks. So they're up there in the final. And who wins the final? Here we go. Well, it's the country ending with... Land, <laughs> it is New Zealand. <laughs> the All Blacks, go the All Blacks. Oh, so two for New Zealand, winning the title again. Me, I'm just putting it out there. Someone's got to play devil's advocate in bracketology and I'm going to be in for a pretty penny if I'm right. Can I say this? If the South Africans meet the All Blacks and South Africa win that game, they will win the Rugby World Cup. Oh, you're just trying to... You're, trying to <laughs> you're changing your picks now, already. Well, I'm changing the picks so I can go back to South Africa. <laughs> if you get past us, you can go on and win. <laughs> uh, speaking of change, breakdown during the Rugby World Cup will be on during on a Tuesday night. Now, the team are going to be working hard. These guys are off safe travels to you, safe travels to anybody else travelling over to Rugby World Cup 2023. It all starts in just under a week. France, New Zealand, the World Cup opener, and it's all here live on Sky Sport. Enjoy the World Cup. Let's go. Get up the All Blacks. Go on, the All Blacks. The All Blacks. Le Bleu. The drama. The heartbreak. The passion. The pain. The occasion. As the All Blacks have blitzed the bridge by 29 to 9. And the All Blacks are the world champions for the second time. These heavyweights of world rugby square off once more. So, buckle up. The 2023 Rugby World Cup is just around the corner.